Hey everybody, welcome to the very first recording of 90 Life the podcast. Very first season, very first recording, very first everything. And I'm so excited to be bringing this podcast to you. And like, let's have fun. I, I'm not going to waste time describing or telling you why I started this podcast. I've put that, I'm just going to put that in the description. So rather than take your good listening time to talk about that, I'll just focus on what we're going to be discussing today. So the very first episode, I titled it Help My Boss Is a Micromanager. And this is based off on experience and not just for myself but experience from other people as well a lot of young people i have um been faced with situations in the office where you know you just have one boss just always on your neck and you don't know what the problem is like you're not even too sure if like it's because you're not doing something wrong or it's because they just have a problem with you which sometimes is even never the case the case is you're probably dealing with a micromanaging boss or whoever is in the leadership position in your office is a micromanager so for today that's all we're going to be talking about like you can pretty much round it up here or you like that's it. That's what we're talking about today, micromanaging bosses. And I have split this episode into three parts for better understanding because I feel like there are two people involved here and there are three ex- essential parts. Hey, the Nigerian in me almost <laughs> jumped out. But there are three essential parts where dealing with this kind of people in the office or in the place of work there's three parts that crop up and the three of them are one finding out if this is actually who your boss is like you can always think that this person has a problem with you like i said before or you just feel like perhaps he or she is a psychopath this first part will help you discover whether or not your boss is one of these things (laughs) and the second part is to help you the employee to deal with this person how best you can deal with this person because i can easily say well why don't you just move on like why don't you just find another place to work or why don't you just be on your own kind of like what i did when i was faced with these problems but it's a hard life out there right now like especially in nigeria especially in lagos things are hard so you can't anybody will tell you oh just up and leave that that wouldn't even be barely telling you the truth so we're going to be talking about ways you can deal with these people and finally we are going to be addressing the bosses themselves yes you so at the end of this episode 
you may find out that you are a micromanaging boss and as much as we do not like you we want to also try to help you by letting you know how your leadership skills are affecting the people in your workplace and why you need to do things differently okay so let's get into it starting from the very first part which is how to know that your boss or whoever is above you or in charge in your office is a micromanager first things first and this is pretty much the most obvious part of it all they are complainers so a typical micromanager you always find something wrong with everything that you do nothing is okay for them like um because i feel it's already been registered in your head that they are like the standard for everything so anything that you bring up that is not in line with their thoughts or not in line with what they think should be instantly becomes a problem so the easiest way to identify that you're working with someone like this is if they complain a lot especially when work is being done like you're working your ass off you're doing everything possible but this person is just like what is this nonsense? Every morning, you think like, oh, okay, you spend 24 hours in the office and so, so, yeah, you're always complaining and that is like, red flag. Two, they stall projects. If you're working with someone who is like this or if you're working for someone who is like this you would never get things done in time it's so so hard to get things done in time to make final decisions they always backtrack on decisions so it makes it really hard to come to a conclusion about certain things let's say you're working on a project now and you've already decided that this board is going to be blue and green and let's say we decided it's final that was the final decision but along the line you know the person went out then Lagos traffic the horns were blaring and all of a sudden maybe they got a zen of inspiration that things should be different maybe the um that was passing by was putting on that color that you people decided that you were going to use and they were like now nah, this can't work for you because we are laundry we can't use the same colors that these people are using and they instantly it could be like midnight and they would just call you up or they had a dream <laughs> that things should be different and they just call you up and the average a typical micromanager wouldn't want you to tweak things. They want to change the entire thing. So 
and a project where you're like 50% in and you're already 70% in will take you back to zero. In fact, will take you back to minus 10. So if your boss does that, that's a micromanager. Then it's so, 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 so hard to give them feedback because at the end of the day, they are never wrong in their books. Like, they would never accept that they are wrong. They would never accept that anything they do is not the best, basically. Like, I had this problem once. So, I was working with this boss of mine, I was working with this person, and and um, we had this, um, we had this um, thing to create. We have already gone into like um, 80% and, you know, came in and was like, no. And this was already a pre-approved work. Like, we all already had a meeting on this, so it was pre-approved. And I was like, no, this doesn't, it just doesn't align with my spirit and my soul. You need to check what I did in 1990, whenever, and let's shape it to be this way. Well, it was now time to like change things, and we had already changed things. And later on, like let's say two, three days later, whoever it got to was not too pleased with it. So we had to backtrack to what we had initially mapped out. And, you know, when I was writing the report based on this project, I said, okay, we need serious creative autonomy for each team member so that we don't derail and backtrack. You know, that was my way of sipping in that little feedback that you need to ease off the bit. But the response, <laughs> it wasn't even a So the response, the response wasn't even like I had sent the report via mail. So the response didn't even come via mail. So we're having like a staff meeting. And she's like, oh, is it even true? I read that report. So what are you saying? I was like, um, kind of like trying to incorporate civil formal way, say like I said what I said. And she was just like, there's nothing wrong for my end. So you guys and the rest of you on the team, you have to shape up. And well, that was it. That was literally it. So it's really hard to get them. It's really hard to get feedback to them rather. It's really hard to tell them that, okay, this thing that we did, you know, we're not necessarily the best. Even, even when you have the best knowledge, of what you're trying to do, what you're trying to do. It's really hard to make them understand and see things from your point of view. Okay, so that pretty much ends the first part of this episode and we're moving, we're gradually moving into the second part which is how to deal with these people. Now, 
the very first thing that I would always advise people to do, or I wouldn't or most people would advise you to do, experienced people would advise you to do, is to talk about it. That's always the good thing. Just talk about it. Just tell him. Just tell her. Just tell them. They should understand. But 60 to 70% of the time, they do not understand. And even when you put it to them, it comes across as an attack. Like I said in the first part, you finally have to take feedback. So how do you even want to tell them? So the mistake I feel like I made was starting off with putting this in a sort of report. Now that I think about it, even if I didn't want to change anything, but maybe it would have come across more seriously if I had this face-to-face conversation, like if I was staring eyeball to eyeball, so they would understand the gravity of seriousness <laughs> that this came with. Like if I was just standing and looking and I was really perhaps rubbing my fingers, rubbing my palms together, like see. This is the problem. You Africans, listen to like a stern, not sexy, but serious, non-killer stare with a solemn, fearful vibe. Maybe the message will have come across better. So, I personally would advise taking it up face to face first. If you can perhaps speak to your human resources. I know it's pretty jacked up. Human resources in Nigeria, it makes it your problem. What is what's a YouTube's problem? If you're a human resources person and you're listening right now, pinch yourself because I know a ton of people in Nigeria complain about how the human resources in most in most cases don't look out for the employees don't look out for the people that they are actually put in place to look out for it's really frustrating because what for me the ideal thing is to speak with the human resources and have them relay this message to the person above you because you don't want to make enemies trust me you don't want to make enemies in the workplace a lot of times it's just easier to, even if you're working away, like you just decide that I don't even want to do it again, I just want to work away. It's so much easier when things are peaceful. So, yeah, if your human resources person is sensible, take it up with them. Um, take it up with them, and also try to understand why your boss does what he or she does. Like if your boss is constantly on your back, you know, constantly coming for a project or for a report or for feedback, try to understand why they do this thing. A lot of people that are like this, not just in the workplace, people that tend to overly want to control everything at the same time, they have serious issues with trust. There's always an underlying issue. Like, People are not just people overnight. I don't know if that makes any sense. People are not just the way they are overnight. They must have been like a 
something that stirred up that character in them. And the moment you try to understand, because you may not necessarily understand it a hundred percent. When you try to understand, it gets easier, it gets better dealing with them and it helps you understand the next step forward because at that moment you can now know for sure that is this something I can deal with in the long run? Is this the kind of space that I want to be with? Be, is this the kind of space that I want to be in? It just helps you accumulate and you know malign all your thoughts together. So for the third and final part of this recording, it seems like this went by real quick. I don't know if it's just me, maybe I don't want to let you guys go just yet. But for the third and final part, is to you, the employer, you, the boss, you that you have halfway through the recording discovered that, oh shit, this is probably me. This is for you. Now, we have already established that being a macro manager, especially in one place, is a really shitty thing to be. <laughs> yes, it is terrible. It is awful. And here is why. Because it's not enough to just let you know that, okay, this is actually awful or this is bad. I need to let you know why this is bad. Okay? And this is what this third part is about. So listen closely. So first of all, being a micromanager hurts your business and one of the first and foremost reasons why this is is because you are not a robot. You can't do everything. You will burn out. Okay? So let's look at it like this. It's kind of like that popular thing where um, when you're working too hard, people say you're burning the candle at both ends. Now imagine that you have um, three to four people on a team that are working under you and they all have designated roles, but you're trying to play everybody's part and manage everybody's role from, you know, from the back end. What, how many angles are you even burning the candle from? One day, it's all going to blow up into your face because you physically and mentally, there's only so much you can take. So after a while, you're just going to, you know, explode. Secondly, your employees will not be happy. You don't want to have a happy employee, trust me, because <laughs> if you know what goes on behind your back when your employees are happy, forget them even gossiping or talking about you. They will be 
highly wasteful of your resources. I don't know how you would feel finding out that your employees are using the time that you are paying them for to Google search and go on LinkedIn to look for other jobs. Yes, they are using your money to find better employment. So, your employees being unhappy, aside from it being a shitty place to put them at, they're also going to be using your resources to outsource for other places to work. And at the end of the day, once this starts to happen, once this begins to happen, your employees become disengaged, they're less enthusiastic about the work. They do not care. A lot of times, people want to work with people that see the same vision here, or even a bigger vision of what their business can do, or what, you know, how they can expand and grow a particular role into a bigger portion of what it had been initially designed to be. Now, Now, imagine working with people or imagine the people that are working for you do not care if your business comes in the next month, year, because their eyes are already elsewhere. Like, they've checked out. They're like, they don't just care anymore. And the moment that that happens, it also leads to the final and which is pretty much the end game of it all is that your staff will leave you. They would leave you because nobody wants someone that's constantly on their back all the time, even when they're trying their best. Because the truth of the matter is, you don't know the amount of things that people have to deal with at home, you don't know the amount of stress and problem it takes them committing themselves to work every day and at the end of the day they have to look out for their mental health they have to look out for themselves physically so if your mode of leadership which you think is law is bringing them down and putting them in a position where they have to question their mental health then they ought to leave, like they should leave, and they will leave you. And what this causes in the long run is a high rate of turnovers. And once this starts, you would lose money, you would lose resources, because now you're employing new people and you have to integrate them into the system. You're spending money employing new people, you're spending money trying to integrate them, then of course you are expecting your old staff that are going to do handovers to the people that are just coming in. But you know, these people are that doing the handovers, <laughs> they are disengaged, like I said, they are not enthusiastic, they pretty much don't care about your business. So how much knowledge do you think they are even going to pass down to these people? think about it and this is where we round up 
this episode is pretty much a series of the very first episode of Mountain Life Podcast. See, there's more to come. There's so much, so much more to come. I know you may be thinking, is it just going to be you that's going to be talking? Well, I feel like I'm enough. But <laughs> if you must know, because we're going to be having more people, we're going to be having interesting and engaging people on here. Some days, not all the time, but some days. And you can also be a co-host yourself. You know, just send me in those voice messages. Let me know, share with me the tea that's going on in your place as well. And don't worry, I won't out anybody. And if you're still working there and choose to be anonymous, that's fine. I just want to hear your messages. It will help me in the long run map me out content for this podcast. I don't want to push out things that go over people's heads. I want it to be things that speak to you directly. If you're judging that nine to five life, or if you were judging that nine to five life, even if you're a freelancer, you need to understand that you, even as a freelancer like myself, you are still working a nine to five. It's just, well, it's not necessarily a nine to five, but you're still working a day job. It's just pretty flexible on your terms, anyways. So, yeah, just. Stay tuned, um, look out for more episodes every Friday at noon. It's going to be out, it's out on all platforms. So I don't even know where you may be listening to this from. You may be listening straight from Anchor or you may be anywhere. Just to make sure that you are tuning in and make sure you share because sharing is caring. So I believe that anybody that you share this podcast with, you genuinely care for that person. So yeah, it's been a nice time. It is me, <laughs> Chica, anybody. I will be going back to writing the book, Nine to, <laughs> Nine to Life. <laughs> so, just have a great weekend and enjoy yourself and prepare yourself for the next week. And prepare anything that happens in the office. Just write it down, anything that displeases you or makes you unhappy or even makes you happy because... Yeah, we're going to be talking about everything from relationships to politics to everything that goes down in the office. A lot happens. So, you know, anything that you feel like is peculiar, we do us real good discussing here. Please just write it down and, of course, we will talk about it. So, have a, I already said that you should have a nice weekend. So, bye. <laughs>